Yes, guys, welcome back to How to In A Good Walk, season two, episode five. And I feel like since episode four, Josh, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And we are going to touch on everything from this week, including Bryson being back, Phil Mickelson, and we're also going to bring you the information from the Honda Classic. Yeah. So jam-packed full show. And we actually got a special guest on as well, Rob Potter, Rob Potter Golf. He is on Instagram and he's on YouTube. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, gents. Uh, a lovely surprise. Uh, and I'm flattered. So, Rob, just give, us a, give a bit of background about you. So, you, you're, you're, so like, I mean, we, I met you for the first time um, about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, got, got him on the pod. And basically, I first started speaking to you through like Instagram and Twitter. Um, but prior to that, um, you started out doing club testing with Rick, didn't you? That's, that's sort yeah. of your, your first bit, uh, sort of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. So, it was... Um, for, and the first time I had a lesson with Rick, uh, <clears throat> anybody who knows me from my Instagram and, and Facebook stories, that I have a pawn shop for putters. Um, I, I, I'm the Prince of Putters. That's the way I look at it. I'm the Prince of Putters. Uh, and I went there with 17 putters in a golf bag, two wow. of which are broom handles. And he looked at me and went, right, okay, this is interesting. Nobody's ever done this to me. Nobody's come with a bag full of putters. What's your problem? Find you one. So from then he realised was a bit of a lunatic, um, and it, it just snowballed. And I, I went back for a swing lesson with him, and we was having a natter. And he went, "Look, he said, I'm coming up with a concept, and nobody or an idea, and nobody's done this yet." Um, and I didn't know too much about YouTube. I actually had a YouTube channel even back then. So in 2012, I had a YouTube me videos of me putting around the green at Leyland Golf Club. It was, it was more boring than the normal stuff I put out anyway, and that says something. Um, so I didn't know anything about you stuff properly. So he got me on doing it. He said, look, he said, you've, got a, you've got an interesting take on stuff, and you, you're a bit techie, and you are Mr. All the Gear and No Idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, and you're perfect. <laughs> I was like, so basically, you need an idiot, um, and, and, and I'm your idiot. And he just looked at me and went, I'm not saying that. I was like, right, okay. And then he just no. we we... We, we took the baton and we ran to the hills with it. And it's interesting to see what snowballed off that since with other YouTube channels that have started, yeah, the yeah. creators and stuff like that, from Rick and I doing the, the, the what's then doing the, the mid-handicap reviews. But, I mean, come on, who in the right mind wouldn't want, or who in the right mind, unless they had serious, serious issues being the public, wouldn't want to be able to test new toys yeah. and just oh, the fact yeah. that the camera in front of you. You know what I mean? I, I was like a magpie. And you were probably testing them before they even came out to market, right? Like, I'm probably yeah, one, yeah. Of the, one of the first to do that. So that had to have been seriously yeah. cool. But a bit more about you, oh. you, you now. Like, so you, you've got your own YouTube channel now. You're doing, you had a, a cool thing that you were working on. I don't know if you can say anything about that yet, but um, you're working on. Um, but what other stuff do you have in your channel? Right, so stuff on my channel is, it's, it's been a bit of both. It's been kind of like a, a, like a lot of other people like myself, uh, my, my kind of standard of golf do a lot of videos these days are about your journey and it is it's, it's uber cheese um but it, it has been cheese so you know i've been injured for a long time with due, due to a road traffic collision and stuff like that and, and trying to get myself back up to fitness and and different bits and bobs so it's been kind of like doing a, a a journey piece about what i'm doing what i'm getting up to but trying to find my feet of what What is my what isn't me? So like club reviews is the thing that I love the most, but I'm 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 a seven handicap golfer 
um, who's not qualified on reading numbers on GC quad or on um, Trapman or whatever. Um, so which manufacturer would ever offer me a golf club? It's not going to happen, is it? So he's trying to find what, what else I can try and do. So I'm going to do some course vlogs. Uh, I'm going to get more course vlogs out this year. In fact, I've got a really, really special one planned uh, up in Scotland in a couple of months. I've just been discussing it today uh, with a guy who's going to film it for me. And it's quite an emotional piece because my mum's uh, terminally ill uh, and it's a piece for her. Um, and it, it's, it's about the, the golf course that three generations of my family's played at and she's one of them. Um, and she'll never have one round of golf uh, and that was a round of golf and she got holding one on that round of golf. Wow. Um, so I'm going to film. I mean, I'm, 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 that has I'm to be a first, right? You've had yeah. one round of golf and one hole in one. That's impressive, yeah. isn't it? I'd, I'd, and, I'd, and, how many rounds have you played? How many rounds have you played? I'm more than point. That, sorry, I've got a pencil on me. I don't got a pencil on me. Uh, right, but more point. That was the last hole she ever played because her uncle walks her off the golf course. They found the golf. So he's on. There's a hole called the Nook at Wisher Golf Club uh, up near Motherwell. It's uh, 130 odd yards down the hill, um, and inclement weather like Scotland often is. Um, I can say that because I'm part job. Um, so he's <laughs> inclement weather as always. I'd he say that anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, Rob, I haven't seen on the fence here, but we wouldn't say. <laughs> they, 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 didn't, they didn't see the golf ball airborne. Uh, they lost it in, in, in the rain and in the cloud. It's not really a high up place, but they just lost it. And they were walking around the golf ball. They were walking around the, around the green, and my uncle found it at the hole. And he went, Get your clubs in, we're going home. She's like, well, What's up, Uncle Bill? What, what have I done wrong? And picks out the golf ball out of the hole. He went, No, Hen gets a hole in one with me. Away. And walks her off and barred her from the golf course. I mean, you um, can't get much better than that, can you? I mean, really? You know what I mean? I mean so that's harsh. Yeah. Harsh. Let me carry oh, on. But a fist and only ever around a golf, she gets a hole in one and then he walks off the golf course and bans it. Uh, and somewhere, I think mum and dad, I think my mum still has those golf clubs in the attic somewhere. So if she has, if I, if I can find them, I'm going to be going up to Wisher with those golf clubs. Yeah. And I'm going to film the hole in one challenge as well to see if I, I can ace that, that hole. Uh, because this one I had, uh, I got a big congratulations off that, a proper like manly, you know, well done, son, well proud of you, son. That's crack open a bottle of beer. Uh, but then mum got on the phone and went, what took you so bloody long? And that's what I got. <laughs> well, it wasn't congratulations, it wasn't nothing. It was, what took you so bloody long? So I had to prove to it wasn't a fluke. And so I aced the same hole again two years later. And then she went, congratulations, well done, you've proved it's not a fluke. Uh, and that's about as good as it got for a celebration. It, it's the you know, mum was kind of like being like the, the, the manly man sort of thing, because she was the treasure in the family anyway. Uh, but yeah, I got proper cold-shouldered with it. Really cold-shouldered, just, just wounded wasn't the word for it. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the idea. So I'm going to do some more course vlogs this year. Uh, got a couple of other little things planned, um, which genuinely I've, I've got some. I've, I've said this quite a lot that I've got things planned and it doesn't really form out, but it's a case of pull my socks up and, and get stuff done now. And I've really got, I've got a big feel for stuff at the moment. Uh, and I'm like, I, I, I need to and I want to do this. So yeah, that, that's kind of the idea. So there's going to be some good stuff coming this year, I'm hoping so. Awesome. Okay, so guys, go and go and follow Rob on his, on his YouTube channel. Um, it's good. It's really good worth. And it's, it's just basically from a club golfer's point of view. So it, you're going to really relate to him. Um, okay, so we've got a funny story here. So our next section um, is all about Chopper of the Week. Okay, so 
basically, we played yesterday at May, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, we did. You're smiling because it's not actually about Josh Fawns. Um, <laughs> it got away with it this week. <laughs> you actually played nicely, to be fair to you. I did eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually. Uh, <laughs> but, so, we teed off at May. Have you played May, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played it. only played it a couple of times. See, there's um, one place yeah. you can't go is right. You can't go right and you can't go left. Can you? Yeah, I mean, right. there's one place you can go is straight. So we didn't lose a golf ball in this, but one of our good friends, Sam, um, basically he plays at 22. He plays at 22. But, but, but I'm going to say this. I've, I've played with him at Carden Park and he has gone round in the back nine at Carden Park on the Cheshire course in four of a par. Yeah, like he's got the capability of striking it like a sin- single handicapper golfer. But and and putting, it's putting putting very is, good. is unreal, but can equally implode yeah, and, and just be all over the planet. So his first shot, so we teed up. Nobody's even watching, so he's no. got away with this even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hit a good drive. Josh hits an okay drive. It's in play. And uh, Polite. <laughs> he didn't lose it. So, I didn't lose it. Um, Sam tees it up, and he's got driver. Now, him to hit driver is like, um, people have heard stories about him before, is a bit of a, I mean, but if he ca- the thing is, though, if he absolutely catches it, it's it's going like yeah. he's hitting it a long way. Yeah. So I I think he gave he tried to guide this is the best way I can say yeah. it, and uh, he topped it about three yards in front of him. Literally, <laughs> we're not even we're not even exaggerating. It went like just off the tee box to the left, and down the path, trickled down the path of it. <laughs> he nearly he nearly missed it. It's enough. <laughs> It's at that point where he doesn't drop his trousers and just gets naked and walks the rest of the way. <laughs> He's one but of them. The, the thing was, though, like, me and Josh looked at each other and like, what, do we laugh? Do we not? Yeah. Because, like, we didn't, like, like set the tone for the day. And I'm looking at him like, and I couldn't hold it in. I think I offered him a Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Do you want a Morgan, mate? Do you want to go again? I'll start again. <laughs> to be fair, he actually got a seven on the hole, so it wasn't in the it did, No, he did. And, and he played steady as well. He did play steady, so. We'll come back, like, He's not going to get any worse than that, is it? Well, exactly. But I can't give him too much stick because he's my partner. He's yeah. my playing partner. Winter, winter league partner. Winter league. Well, yeah. semi-final. No, 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 no. Dude, dude, right? Rule number one, right? Your playing partner is the one person you give the most grief to. More <laughs> no, than no it's the opposite to Sam. Very fragile. Oh, really? Very fragile. Oh, is he? Oh, Rob, right. We're going for the win here as well. We, we, <laughs> we compliment each other well, all right? So <laughs> Dovetail. Okay, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. That's got to be the best of Series 1 and 2 because I've witnessed it. I've seen it. It's yeah. not been written into us. Um, so, Leachy, you have got the crown of uh, Chopper of the Week. And that's actually the first one of Season 2 as well because everything else has been quite serious this year. So yeah, because we've not played golf. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so what we're going to do now, Rob, we're going to move on to Tour Trash Talk. And we're going to talk Oof. about the golf from this week first before we get on to the juicy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So... PJ Tour this week was the Honda Classic at the PJ National. And this where the bear strap is, isn't it? This where the bear, the bear yeah. strap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad Rob's here. <laughs> Rob's done his prep. Good job you're here, Rob. This is, yeah, but, this but, is something else that Alex likes to do, Rob. Is he catches me out every week with something? Yeah, every but, 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 yeah, the bear trap was just, just the one that's just finished yesterday. Yeah. That was the bear trap one, yeah. So, winner was Sepp Straker. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. He was 10 under par. Shane Lowry second, 9 under par. Good finish for the European lad. Third, Kurt Kitayama, eight under par, and then Daniel Berger, four, seven under par. And normally we don't go down to fourth. Yeah. But. Now, this surprised me. This really surprised me. Yeah. Serious implosion from Daniel Berger. Yeah. Big four, four over, final round. 
Like, he, yeah, for the final round, he had two chippings though for Birdie on, on the, in that round as well. Impre- I mean, I'm going to say impressive, but it's not. It's not when you finish like that. He, he, he lost his lead in the first four rolls. Yeah. He bogeyed the first four rolls, didn't he? But but how sometimes though you see that happen, right? You bogey the first four holes, and then it's almost like, all oh, right, now I can go and play. Now I'm not in the lead. I'm in that situation where I can go and play. And I was going to say that's a good point because I was going to ask you, and I was going to ask you, Rob, as well. Captain's Day, for example. Yeah. You rather be leading from the front or chasing the person in front of you? I I don't look at it that way because. Um, Every round's a different round, so I don't look at what lead I've got. I look at what have I got to, what do I want to shoot that day? So my the way, my essence, the way that I play golf, is that I go out every day to beat my last score, uh, and that, that that that's that's my way, that's my methodology for playing golf. I always do when I go out for a round, like now it's coming up to summertime and stuff. I don't just practice. If I'm going to have an 18 holes, I've got a card in my hand and I'm trying to beat the last 18 holes I played. So that's my that's my way, and especially for us with, with, with like club standard golf, yeah. you don't get to see leaderboards, do you? So it, it's, you, you just play against either, either you, you try and beat your playing partner, uh, ideally, which I think most pros would want to do anyway, and, and beat the playing partner at least, especially final groups. But I try and beat myself and play against my, my last score. So that's yeah. how I kind of do it. So for me, I, I wouldn't be bothered if I've got a lead or not. Um, it'd be. You, you, you adapt your style as the round going on, but you don't want to go and start playing uber defensive. If you if you are an absolute blinder, you don't want to start because that's when you start bringing mistakes into it or potentially mistakes. But you don't want to be over cocky. So just find that fine balance. Yeah, and we just spoke about that previously. We spoke about that about saying it's a fine balance between being gung ho just to play or being I've got to protect the lead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what would you do? Um, well, I like to know where I'm at. I'm honest with you. I like to know where I'm at. I like to know where I'm playing. I won't, I don't, I don't think it would change my game plan as such, apart from the fact that, for example, if you were going into final round and you, you were leading, um, I would go out and try and shoot the same score. The only way it would affect me is if one, I started badly or I was coming from behind into the final few holes and I was like, right, well, I need to go for it now a little bit more but I think it all depends on your situation if you're out there right as a, as a golfer who is trying to get the win trying to get money for your tour card I think the whole thing will change depending on yeah. what your situation is well let's have a look at it and I flip around on it right so Alex you've you've carried on tour yeah uh, I've carried on tour a little bit um, and and so you know what you want to say to your player. You want to try and get the red in the game, try and bring them back from, from, from what could be a brink of an implosion, right? But let's look at, look at two examples here in terms of having leads in the tongue, right? So I'm 41, right? So 1994, Turnberry, the Open Championship. Parnovic, right, has just, you know, he's on the 18th and he needs technically par to win. Right, in theory. And he goes all out to go for the tight left hand pin. I think it was I think it was back back left pin and pulls it slightly and goes into this grassy knoll just in front of the fringe, chops out, makes buggy, ruins his day. But he, he was he brought in that, that age old debate. That was the first time I ever I was only 14 at the time I ever brought in that debate of 
should you look at leaderboards as you're going around? Because Price had just eagled the 16th. Mm. Uh, or the 16th or 17th. He eagled the, 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 the last par five. Um, and it eagled a bit. Anyway, it was a, it was a, it was a hell of a putt. It was like 40 yard foot putt, right to left. A stunner, right? So Parnovic should have looked at the In theory, Parnovic should have looked at the leaderboard to see where he was in that standing. And then he could have changed his course management to have gone maybe more middle of the green. And two put. Two put simple uh, to, to try and win it, right? So you've got that one to look at there. But then, Berger's just blown a shit that <laughs> six shot lead, get the words right, right? So Berger's just blown a six shot lead. What did Norman have at the Masters in 96? He had a six shot lead going into the final round. Now, all right, we're talking about apples and oranges here. You know, you're looking at the, 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 the Burr trap, you know, for the Honda Classic, and you're looking at Augusta National. Two totally different golf courses, but the mindset's still the same. Yeah, the wins are winning. You know, you know so Norman went out, which he, he should have been, because he played Augusta that year flawlessly for three rounds. He couldn't miss a putt. He got a new putting style. He just keeps shaking his left hand before he grips his club. But I remember, he's my favourite Masters. Um, but Faldo being stoic, just um, plugged in and plugged in, chipped away and chipped away. And Norman technically bottled it. And Faldo just put it in. And of course, Faldo then hit the best, it took, hit the two iron of God um, on the 13th and, and, and won it and became the first Masters champion ever to three foot uh, in a round. So look, you know, look at which way, in terms of should his course management have been better? Should, is it a flaw in his mental state that he couldn't recover from that? Because he just wasn't the same. And he even said on commentary last night that his putting just wasn't right. His pace putting was out all day. Mm-hmm. He was like he was forcing it. And, and clearly he was worried about it. But he'd, been, he'd, he'd won from the front before in the practice. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's not a new winner. He's not a exactly. new winner. But he'd won from the front. That's the yeah. thing. It's not like he chased behind. He'd been at the front. He's been a pace setter. And he's continued it. And for some reason, something else. And nobody has a bad day. He's just had a bad day. But he couldn't recover from it. And that's, that's a chink. Could, could, you, you then think, going, well, would you back him to win a Masters or any of the majors? Would you back him to win a WGC? Would you back him to win again now? Like, once, that, once those little demons creep into your mind, before that, as a, as a young tour pro coming out of college, coming straight onto tour, whatever it is, whatever tour you play in, you're going to be the utmost confidence. And he won quite quickly. Mm. And then to be in the lead, have that lead, and then shoot four over final round and finish fourth. Yeah. I mean, it's got to put it in perspective, right? There's a lot of players who will take what would be in that situation going, you know what? I've had a good round. Yeah. In terms of a good tournament, money wise. Like, I've got 450 grand up on the board. I've got another 150 grand now. My card's kept. So, I know I don't put Berger in that kind of category of player, but that being said, it's still not a bad finish. However, right, let's look at this way. I think what, what's going to hit Berger the most is this has just come out from the blue. You know, mm-hmm. he's played Ryder Cups. I mean, Ryder Cups is the second biggest pressure that, for me, a professional, this is coming from an amateur's point of view, mental point of view, that the Ryder Cup is the second biggest pressure a, a tournament player, professional player will have apart from going down the finals in a major, in the final stretch of a major leading, because that's the team major. Now he's played in those, he's been on winning sides, he's been on losing sides, but the amount of pressure, he, he's, he's hosted his country. Hmm. Now that says a lot, you know, that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. 
especially when I partisan that 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 no offense to the USA, but you know, the USA can be quite partisan and they're very patriotic. So for him to be able to stand up on the on like the big team stage of them all in golf and country, but yet couldn't do it yesterday, and that has literally come from nowhere. He's it, it, one of those. I think he'll bounce back from it. He, he's not. He's not. He, he's not going to bottle it permanently from there. But would a chink in his armor come back again, or is it a case of he's going to need to come out and win again quickly? Who have been stoic players over the years have been amazing players. Have won a major, and then, so Corey Pavin. Corey Pavin for me is the biggest example you can play who was always knocking on the door, was pound for pound the best player in the world for a long time, uh, but never got the recognition he deserved. Wins the US Open uh, at Shinnecock, changes sponsors for his clubs and goes to PRGR and just fell away. And you never heard from him since. Yeah. Apart from when he became Ryder Cup captain. And that didn't work well for him, did it? Um, so, <laughs> not, not to dig that one back in there again. Yeah. <laughs> um, really put, really hit a man when he's down there. <laughs> no, no, it's, you know, he's, he's like me, he's, he's small and insignificant, he's fine. Um, so, he's <laughs> it, one of those things, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think we need to worry too much about Daniel Berger. I think he'll bounce back from it, but it, it's what things are in the back end. Look, th- these guys have, have you know, the, the, the upper echelon guys, and he's, you know, he's a top 25 player in the world. You know, he's got a team of people you know, I'd, I'd feared for somebody who would, who would be a journeyman pro, or who's come off Euro pro, or, 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 or had a great challenge tour year and gone on to the European tour, or, or a great, you know, um, the, the, the minor leagues at, at, uh, at the PGA tour, and then gone up into the main tour. I'd worry for them. You wouldn't have those big kind of, yeah, uh, big kind of eagles and, and, and not eagles, but big kind of teams. Then I'd fear for them most, but not Berger. Uh, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he, I think he will bounce back from this. I hope so. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the winner, Stracker. Stracker again. I hope I'm saying that right. Stracker. So he is his first career win ever on tour, whether that's uh, DP World or, or over there. But I think he's the only played over there. Yeah. Um, and he's also that cannot be right. Is it right? Must be right. It is right. First Austrian to win on tour. Yeah, yeah, first Austrian to win on the on the PGA tour. I yeah, think you'll get will he get will he get a three year exemption for it as well? I think he's, I think he's, he does, three yeah, year, it's, it's three not year seen exemption. as a major, is it? But it's it's no. a bigger event. It's a bigger event, so it's with a sponsor and the prestige within the Honda Classic. I mean, come on, Marco Mira's won it, um, Tiger's won it. it it's, it's a big, big event. Um, you know, so he's yeah, I think it's a three year exemption, something like that. It'll be in the, the tournament of champions come the, yeah. the start of the year. It's always a big one, so it's a holiday trip to Hawaii for him at least. Um, <laughs> it isn't it. You know, there's no cut. You guarantee money. It's a holiday trip. That, that's I mean, that's I would like to go on a holiday trip. Oh, absolutely, yeah. If if we win at Northern, did you get an invite? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he fair. shot a fan around four under par as well. Yeah, yeah. complete opposite. Yeah. Complete opposite. Yeah, well, he came back from the pack, didn't he? He was yeah, what, yeah. six hundred at the start of the day. Um, he was six hundred, I think. Was it um, Larry was seven under wording? Yeah. So those two had incredible rounds um, to 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 come in, but he holds some. I mean, he he bogged the first hole, you know. So the similar starts to to Berger. Berger bogged, he bogged, but he bounced back and bounced back with 
with vengeance. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm not having that. You know, proper, proper European stalwart. I mean, good man. You know, he's, 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 he, was, he was fighting the troops, though, weren't he? <laughs> now, interestingly, though, like, in Daniel um, Berger's... Yeah, I, was, I was impressed. Sorry, what were you saying? So, so, no, so, go on, Karen. So, you said... No, I, I was saying, like, interestingly, with Daniel Berger, like, even though he shot four over, he chipped in twice. Chipped, yeah. yeah. Chipped in for like, twice. Now, usually when you're chipping in, it's like when you're feeling pretty good about your game and you're scoring well and they just chip in for par, chips in for birdie twice. Yeah. And that yeah. we were talking about Morikawa last week. Yeah. Like, um, like, it's it's hard enough to get, especially from a club golfer's perspective, it's hard enough to get a birdie. But if you're missing the green and chipping in for birdie, it's like, just, and you're not playing well. The thing is though, like, it's I think, sick. yeah. But I honestly think this, they will look at it the opposite way around. They would, they would more appreciate a birdie by holding the putt. Oh yeah, just because yeah. when you're chipping, you you're there just to make sure you're getting a stress for you up and down for your putt. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's not you're not you're chipping is your bonus. But the, 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 the bit that's killing him is the bit that we're getting is over that one is that I've missed another green in regulation. Yeah, yeah. that's what he's thinking about. You know, he, he's he's like you know. Okay, not that I'm really. It's not for me to say. I'm not being sort of. Don't know, sit I, on the I, fence, I, Rob. Absolutely, go in. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, in that in that case, then I'm going to get pliers and take the splinters out. And um, it, it, it's literally a case of you know the, the one thing that that, that us amateurs make mistakes of, and I, I learned this from doing a bit of caddying and 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 going on uh, the the going to see Steve Brotherhood uh, and and doing the the, the tour caddy experience with him. You know, fairways and greens, fairways and greens. You know. Don't don't be shooting at pins and stuff like that for us amateurs. And you know, get into that 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 phase of thinking and, and, and doing what you need to do best. You know, for Daniel Berger, though, he's going to kick himself. It's a green miss. Now, all right, if he's forty foot away for a putt compared to a seven yard, he'd probably favour himself for the seven yard chip. But he'd probably rather have the forty foot putt. Because he knows he'll be able to lag it up there pretty decently and get there, but you don't know what reaction it's going to have. You know, he's, he's chipping out of Bermuda grass, not the yeah. best grass in the world to chip out of. You know, how's the reaction going to be? Uh, what's it going to be like when it hits the greens? Is it going to check? Is it not going to check? Is it going uphill, downhill, downgrade, upgrade? You know, it, it, it's one of those scenarios. So the likes of like, you know, you and me would be like, furries and greens, furries and greens. That's all we need to try and think about. Forget any niceties or anything like that and just, just take it from there. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. Yeah, that's where you're going. You try <laughs> chipping all the time. Yeah, but the thing is, though, and, and I want to say on this is, I think it's a mentality thing as well. Like, his first thought is probably, how can I get this in the hole from that, that position? Because yeah. these players are that good. He, like, expects they, he expects to hold it. Yeah, of course he does. You know, he's, he's, he's off the green, he's expecting to hold it. There's yeah. not to regret it. And that, that, that's what they're all like now. You know, check him out at Sadi. You know, he's like that. He's, he always wants to bloody all it. <laughs> Throw, if don't chip it in, God's sake, <laughs> club's gone, club's nah, thrown. Well, Why didn't that go know. in? So you had one yesterday. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how you beat me yesterday, personally. Like, how you got a couple more, one more stable for the point than me, I do not understand. Oh, I was watching the card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my gelatin like pencil you got in your hand. It had, a, it had a rubber on the end of it. It's got a magic one. Okay, so, Josh, this is something that I actually didn't see, but Lee Hodges put it out of bunker. Amateur moment, this. Proper right. amateur goal. Chipper, Honestly, chipper out of bunker. I, I, like, I was watching it, and I was like, I like that. what am I watching here? Like, this is a PJ Tour 
And you see blokes at the weekend do that because they can't use a sandwich. <laughs> you know I mean? Giving it just a whack out the bunker. He's hitting it and running up the face. It's, and it went wrong for him. It's rare, but it's not new. That's the thing. But it, it, it is rare, but it's not new that it's been done. The difference being is over in the States, because those bunkers are always those, you know, all right, we've got proper bunkers with reverting bunker face on links turf and stuff like that. Yeah. Their bunkers are just kind of a sandpit. Uh, but they have got, they've got a decent, yeah, they're, they're a bit crap to be fair, especially in fairway bunkers, that's just a sound thing. That's kitty litter that is, that's all that is. Kitty litter, you know, if, I'm going to use if, that. If you're, if, if, you're out, if you're out in Scottsdale, Arizona, that's kitty litter for all, for the mountain wildcats, that's what that is. It's not a bunker, it's just, excuse me friends, it's a crap tip for a cat, that's all that is. <laughs> right. Bottom line, it's a crap tip for a cat. A lot of um, our listeners are American, Rob, you're just defending them all. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Wonderbar. Valley <laughs> <laughs> talk. Good God. Uh, I'm doing well here. But yeah, you know, so the, 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 bunkers, the bunkers over there are generally quite, yeah, they're all right. Yeah, they, around the greens, they, they, they do have a decent lip to them most of the time. So for him to go, you know what, I can put this out of here better. I've got a flat enough light. The lip's not too bad. Yeah, but the thing it, is, though, he, he got out and then went over the other side of the green into the water, into the hazard. But uh, one, thing, one thing I don't get is like, you look at all the top players, they, they, you, all, you hear the commentators say it all the time, like, he's going for the par five, but he'd rather miss this in the bunker than be chipping out the Bermuda grass. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, he surely can't have the bunker yips. Like, honestly, I watched it and I was like... Hey, look, look, right, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be harsh. You're talking with a man on 15 putters here. Rob must have had the yips at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you think, what, what you mean? The fact that I had a, the, the black Wilson Sam Torrance broom on a putter at the age of 14... <laughs> 14 gives it away I putted it out of the nostrils it was that tall <laughs> it was it was possibly the, 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 the best wisp buy I've ever got from Morecambe Golf Club uh, on my birthday um, but, and I've still got it I've actually still got the footer but yeah I mean, look, look, look it, it turns out in bunky hips um, that, that's, that's that's a definite possibility I mean well, look I'm, I'm going to say this I'm going to be I'm going to blast it out there Lee Westwood yeah short game yips for years David Guildford David Guildford especially Short game yips for years, right? But Westy's not been good around the greens chipping. He's not been good around with the bunkers for a long time. You see Matt Rowe for God knows how long. Um, when he was in contention when uh, Woods won last one, the, the US Open uh, at Torrey Pines, you know, Westy was seeing uh, Matt Rowe then for his putting his chipping yips and the issues that he had with that. So it's not new people having those moments where they're, they're bricking it. Or was it a case of, it was just too much of a skinny line of sand for him that he felt under his... Did, did he need a bit more, you know, could yeah. he not get enough dip? It's, it, it, it's a bizarre one to do, isn't it, dude? It is. It's a bizarre yeah. one to play. But if it had pulled it off, what a rock star have been. Oh, 100%. But then, Put it on viral. Yeah. I, I, at no point have I ever stood in a bunker and gone, I might use my putter. I think, you know I, mean? I, think you should, I think you should try it next week. Hey, my is quite good. What's that? Well, let's put it this way: he'd have been getting he'd have been getting free lap dances at Hooters if he'd have hold that foot. <laughs> Simple as that. That's that's happening. That's why I did it. I think yeah. that's why I did it. That's why I did it. You, yeah. know, you know what's going to happen here? Forget this. <laughs> right, you mentioned something before about greens and fairways, greens and fairways. Adam Svensson became the only the second player since 2007 to hit every green in regulation round two. To every green, eighteen out of eighteen. Yeah, eighteen out of eighteen greens in regulation. Chris, see, this can this can be a, a double-edged sword, can that right? So you hit every green in regulation, right? But look at the other stat. What was his puts per round? Oh yeah. If if he's under thirty puts per round, right, hitting every green in regulation, that man is a god. Yeah, 
It's it's that thing like if you if you're hitting sort of thirteen, fourteen greens, you can easily have sort of twenty one putts because you're going to chip it close a few times, pop it in, yep. or or like Marikawa did, like Berger did, chip in maybe twice in a round as well. Is, yeah. and, and this is where I think the guys on tour, when, when, when you hear them always talk about the stats, sometimes it's taken out of context because, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, this, this week he was 17th in puts, um, puts strokes gained, but he was number one in all the rest. That's why he didn't win. Yeah, but if he was number one in greens regulation, his put, puts, putting strokes gained yeah. is going to be seriously affected depending See, on how I'm, close he hits it as well. So, so, I, I, I'm, I'm a total stat geek, right? I'm a genuine stat geek. So, you know, I use Arcos, and, and I, since I've used Arcos, my handicap has tumbled because I've been able to look at the stats post-round, see what, what, what that round's been like, especially with, with my putting-wise. I can give that to my putting coach um, um, and give that to him, and then we can, we, can address, we can address that during the week or each month when we do a Zoom call and stuff like that, and I can build all the stats. But it also gives me an opportunity to give that to then my long-game coach or my short-game coach to go... Yes, I am sad. I've got three coaches for three different areas of my game. I love uh, it, Rob. But, I love that. But why am I not your coach? I'm just... <laughs> there may be a time. Uh, but <laughs> if you're unlucky, check your brain at the door. Don't expect it back. What I've been able to do with, with, with the Arcos stats I've been able to get is from that, I've been able to develop coaching plans and have coaching plans developed to what part of the game I've got to work towards. So, yeah, hitting all those greens and regulations is great. That's wonderful. But what's this proximity to the hole? And then what was his puts from those proximities? Yeah. yeah. And then so, so the stats then dive down even, even deeper. And that's what I've been going into for my own game and, and, and to help work out, which depends on how much in depth you want to, you want to go into stuff and how much Rob. you want to try and improve your personal stuff. Oh, Rob, what's your puts per round? Uh, averaging, uh, I think I'm... Th- 31 and a half of puts per round. It's not brilliant, but I'm reducing it down. It's getting better. I've got the, I've actually got the stats on the iPad actually, um, so I can I can actually give you what the actual stats right are. Never mind, if you wanting to. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what do you reckon yours are? Um, oh, Puts. Hi. What do you reckon yours are? He's up there. Oh. Josh likes to put with his knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how tall is he? About nine foot three. Yeah, well, he's tall. Anybody yeah. looks nine foot three next to me. <laughs> Before you said it, yeah. Before you said it about me, neither. No, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be six foot eight and have four legs. That's my excuse, anyway. Go on, what you got, Berger so, here? Well, why are you pulling them, the, your stats up there? Cool. So, in that round, the second yeah. round, make someone on that one, he had uh, six birdies mm. and a bogey on a par three. Oh, he said a three whack. So, he had a three whack. So, he hit green and red, but he had a three whack. <laughs> Shot 65. Still a pretty good score. I mean, it's not bad, is it? You're not going to say no, are you? Definitely not. That's nuts, hit, that is. Go on, Rob. Hit us with yours. Right, right so I'm just bringing it up now because I've just had to, to log back into me uh, and to me think. Uh, right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So, on my uh, course. Give us all your stats, in fact. Greens in reg, fairways, and puts. Right, okay. So, my, my putting, uh, I'm averaging. 2.1 puts per green regulation and 1.8 puts per hole. So that, that's, my, that's, my, that's my stats for, for the main putting. Um, putting by length, I am between 0 and 10 feet, I'm a plus three handicapper. Uh, between 10 and 15, I'm a minus 2.9. Uh, 25 to 50 feet, I'm 1.6. 
at minus 1.6 and 50 feet plus and 0.1. So at least I don't have many too long, too many long puts. That's a bonus. Um, driving game. Oh, let's have a look. My accuracy. Uh, so my driving accuracy is really cool for me. Uh, I hit 50% fairways. Uh, and with a zero handicap based on our cost, a zero handicap golfer will hit 51% of the fairways. So T game is my strength for accuracy mm-hmm. uh, off, off the tee. Driving, however, is where it goes pants, and that's where I lose my thing because I, I, I lose a stroke and a half uh, per round just on distance alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only, because I'm only a popcorn hitter. I, I'm only a popcorn hitter. Uh, and, and I've got worse uh, in the last. Well, since the off-season to now, I've, my distances have just dropped off, the, off, off a cliff. I'm like, where, where's, where's this going? I was, I was at the, the, the Bunker Live Golf Show um, last weekend, uh, or the other week, and as soon as I went in there, made a, a beeline straight to, to Mizuno, to, to Yapo Pino, to Mizuno, good mate of mine. And I was like, right, go on, mate. Let's have a look at these, these 200 series um, clubs. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Um, sorry. Bobbed in. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. <laughs> Peter Middleton, the man, the legend it is. Say, say hello. I'm just on a podcast. Hi, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm I'm just keeping your seat warm for you. Love you, darling. Um, love you. Right. Um, so I, I went straight over to him to try the, the new Zeno uh, 200 series. I and you know, straight seeing like how much distance I've lost already, and that's just on irons. Um, so I'm interested to see going forward this year if I get a new set of irons, I'm going to have to go into the, the jacked up lofts again. Um, drivers, what am I going to do? Because I've got swing speed. But this beard gets grown double the length by the time I swung a golf club. Because <laughs> it's that slow. It's an asthmatic tortoise. Um, there's no other way. But my, my swing is an asthmatic tortoise. Um, with COVID, um, it, it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it may as well give me a ventilation and be done with it by the time I get a golf ball. It's not pretty. And so it's, I've got to try and find where I can gain distance from. And is, is there that much new technology out in drivers for me to gain that much more distance? I don't And that's done to try and work out. So I'll, I'll get fitted properly for, for a driver soon and, and, and see what, what's, what that's going to help me out. So there's means and ways with, with, within my own stats that it's not just the dispersion stuff that I'm going to look at is what else do I need to do with my own game that I don't need a pro for? I might need a pro fitting, but I might not need a pro coach for or am I going to have to go down the line of fitness and actually pull my finger out and go, oh, I'm going to have to sweat. Fat boy in a gym. You know, and, and it, it, gyms scare me. Generally, there's two things in life that scare me. My mother and gyms. <laughs> That's it. That's the only two things in, the, in my world that scare me at all completely. And you walk into a gym and it's like, you know, I'm a Lancashire lad and I'm you know, proud of it. It's like, for me, walking into a gym is like walking into a pub in Yorkshire. And they all go, oh, what you're doing here, love? Where's your fedits? You know, it's just, it's just wrong. And I, I, I brick it. I absolutely brick it going in a gym. Because I see all these guys who can't quite reach to wipe their own arse. To try, you know, and they're all triangles. It's just not right, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, it's, it's... My own wife has bigger shoulders than me. We nicknamed the Hulk for good reason. Because um, she'll beast. I listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, she, look, I, I am that stupid where I will beast her behind a bike, but I'll say it to her face and wait for a punch. Um, I am that stupid. Um, so 
yeah, so I'm going, what, what do I have to do to improve my game this year? So, yeah, so the stat that I just approach stuff is just, you know, my approach stats are, yeah, all right, it could be better. Um, you know, I've got I've a two-way dispersion. Um, and But the, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm 36% greens in reg, but 41% short. Now, Alex, you'll know this better than anybody. How many amateurs oh my God. don't take enough club? Every, but, every single person. And, and, and the thing is with me is that a lot of time is that I know because I'll, I'll go and do um, I'll go and do a gap test soon uh, and, and get my, my stats ready for the year. So in my, my reality book, I've got all my gaps, my carry distances for my irons. So I'll go and do a gapping session soon down at Golf Bears um, and, and 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 get all that self and ready. But I know that me being short of a green is often because I might be out of position on the fairway or I'm out of position in the rough or my casting's happened. I've, float, I've, I've been fly fishing. I've got about nine salmon at the end of my golf club and I've hit it faster than my ex. And then there's only one place it's going short. And I know a lot of the times it's sometimes me being short isn't a club choice, it's a technique issue. So yeah, I again, mean, I know them wanting to look at. It's a combination of both, but I think something, things like that that, that are costs. Um, one thing I would say is like, I'd recommend this to you. Yeah. I did it for a bit. Um, I think it's a very, very, very useful stat because you soon start seeing what is going wrong and you then soon start getting, okay, well, how can I use these bits of information to help me improve my game? So the things that I want to get onto now is Bryson, Phil, Zach Johnson. These are some of the big talking points. Yes. So Josh, hit us off. So, Bryson DeChambeau has come back and said that he's going to return this week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So, obviously, he's defending champ, starters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't remember this last year, I went on about it for weeks in biffing it over the water. I went on about it and on about it and on about it because it was impressive. I think you asked him out on a date. You were like, I love him that well, much. It was unreal. The football man crush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh dude, I had, I had a period where I was it like, got a little yeah, bit embarrassing. Keep it long, lad. Keep it in it long. It got a bit embarrassing, if I'm honest with you. But I had to tone it down throughout the podcast. A little bit. He was showing mashed potato on the telly. Oh. <laughs> it's made us on the podcast out of the blue, like Tourette's. We suppose his missus turned and goes, No, you're having parsnips, love, not mashed potatoes, it's parsnips. <laughs> mashed potato. But my concern is for Bryson. Yeah, I don't you know, I know what you're saying. Is, obviously, we've. He came out and said the injury was nothing to do with it in it long or speed or anything like that. But we've said this from the start. There has to be a point where his body cannot deal with the pressure that he's putting on it. I agree. I agree. But then I'm going to hit you with devil's advocate here. Okay. You look at Luke Donald. You look at Alex Noren. These guys aren't the biggest guys in the world, but they've both had wrist injuries. They both had injuries. I don't, I don't. I think is, is right. it... Luke Donald's Luke Donald's wrist injury came from a US Open now that was a US Open that was over 10 years ago and it's the same injury that just keeps coming back he jarred his wrist from that actual particular injury so he's not been doing all the, all the performance or anything like that it was just a case of he's, he's, his wrist got snagged up in that ridiculous mm. bundu rough um, you know, that, 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 that snags everything all up and he jarred his wrist for that one. That, that, so for that one, we, 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 uh, we lose. But one for the comparable. Um, but if you look in terms of with the fitness stuff, I, I get you with the counter argument totally. I, I do see your point with it. But 
at what point could Bryson break? Look how look how tight they're up. Yeah, I, exactly. I, look, I agree with you. I, yeah. I I think that is all down to how much he's been playing, how how fast he's been hitting it, yeah. and and this is how I see him playing. I see him being a player that will play the minimum amount of events for his money to count on the PJ Tour. Yeah, and to play in the majors. That that is how I see him sort of his career sort of going, going now. Yeah. I reckon he's gonna play a little bit like Tiger towards the end of his career. Or I know hopefully he's making a comeback, yeah. but let's say sort of mid pomp where he only sort of played fifteen, sorry, sixteen yeah. tournaments a year. Um that is exactly how I see Bryson going. Because I don't think he if he can't physically practice, play, maintain and be able to perform at that level and play a schedule of 26 tournaments here. No, because like, you see these videos of him in whoever's house it is. Like, I, mean, I think it's Cal Barsh's. Just yeah. swinging out of his shoes for hours on end. Yeah. That can't be good for you. No. We, we use the analogy of cricket and knees and yeah. Jimmy Anderson and all that. It's the same thing. It, it, it's, it's an RSI. It's repetitive strain injury almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm, not, I'm not musculoskeletal trained or anything like that. I've had enough injuries musculoskeletally wise to probably say so because I'm just a walking bloody corpse uh, that still happens to be breathing uh, but you know yeah so, something's got to break at some point with him without a shadow doubt something's got to break with him um, but the interesting thing is when when he won the US Open and and he was like oh he was a, just a horse weren't he he was just huge and humongous yeah, yeah. At, at the end of that season going into the following season he down, he went. I think himself, he'd overbulked. Uh, and you, you look at you, know, you look at from when he was probably the season and a half before that, where he was just a, you know a skinny, toned lad, and then bulked up massively. And then he's gone back to being slightly more leaner than what he was at, at that big mass. Yeah. But he's still grinding it and grinding, grinding it. And but you know, he, he performed well at the, the Long Drive Championships, didn't he? He performed yeah. amazingly well at that. Um, so it's a dual purpose for him at the moment. But, but you, you look at it that way and you look at, all right, so we've, we've got our lad over here. Uh, we've got a couple of good lads over here. Uh, There's the, the World Long Drive champions. And put that physique at all times. Um, and the pro golfers in their own right. But they don't play in that environment. No. You know, they don't go around with a card in the round or anything like that. They're just primarily focusing on that and going, can I get a diamond card from Nando's? Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind a diamond card from Nando's. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's go for cheeky handle every day, or basically a full chicken farm. He's uh, got, like I said, his body's gonna have to break, but it's all down to how that individual's made up. You know, I know for a fact of when I, before I became an overweight fat barrel of proverbial, um, that. I, I was lean and, 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 and trimmed and everything like that and had a little wee, wee triangle body through doing my broad male stuff being a postman. I was quite strong for being like three foot two. Um, you know, all things considered. But it was, you know, I knew what my breaking points were because I knew I couldn't, I would never be able to bulk up and train to that size because my, my physical body yeah. could say that. Bryson's six foot five, six foot six. Oh, he's a big lad, isn't he? Um, so frame is probably better. To, yeah, each frame is probably better to take that sort of punishment than what the likes of like Alex and I are probably about the same height. Uh, you know, we share the same toadstool. Um, it, it's, it's, Don't give him ammunition. Ammunition. Don't give him ammunition. 
Okay, so here's a question. <laughs> I'm I, still I, waiting for it. I've got for both of you here. Here's a question. How long has he got left playing? What, at what age do you think he's going to have to knock it on the head and go, you know what, I'm either going to have to stop playing tournament golf or I'm going to have to stop doing long drive? Well, I'd love him to have a long career. I'm just going to put how old he actually is now because I don't actually know. I think he's 26. He's not. He's not. 26, I reckon. He's not. He's 20, yeah. Go on, Rob. He hit us with. Hit. He's a pesky kid. I reckon he's probably got 28. my age. 28, right. I think he'll quit before he's 45. 45, what do you reckon? I see, I, I, I thought you were going to say shorter than that. I say if he gets another 10 years swinging it like oh, that. And what do you think? 38. 10 years swinging it like that, though. He might then slow down and play a bit I think, longer. I, I, I think, being the, the crazy mad scientist that he is, right, I think he'll have a sudden epiphany. Yeah. And he'll probably something else where he wouldn't necessarily need to go down that road or down that line. We have to keep training as hard as he's going to have to do and stuff like that. I, I, I think that time's Steroids is. kind of bolt. <laughs> Don't throw that in the mix, yeah. geez. There's a little cut, crack on. Cassius and then his brother. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think there'll be, there'll be a time when he'll, something will twig with him and he'll go, yeah, I, I don't need to do this all the time. But as you said there, the money's not in the long drive. So for him, yeah. it's just that's pocket change. Yeah. Yeah. And he, but for him to be world long drive champion and a major winner in the same season, yeah, or be a leading leading winner on the PGA tour, leading money winner on PGA tour, or the tour championship, ten squillion million dollars, whatever it's going to be. Now that would be an interesting one to take forward, right? And have a, a really good crown, wouldn't it? You know. Yeah. So there's there's other goals for him to do within that. Um, but the question is then. Do you think he'll win another major? And if so, which one? Yeah, yes. I think I think I I think he's my pick for the Masters this year, isn't he? I don't know if you had Masters. We have we did picks two weeks ago, three weeks yeah. ago. Uh, we have got them written down, but this pad is very full, so I'm not going to go back to the semi forever. But you did pick him for one. And he's my, my, I know, no, I know he did. He's my. I think he wins the Masters this year. I'd love him to win the Masters. I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. See, I, I I don't I don't see him winning Augusta. Why? I, I, I just don't. Um, I think it's it's a course that doesn't. You can say we're playing to his hands because he can short it down significantly, but that's not his game. Does he want to be hitting driving iron off tees and drawing it round corners, or is he going to want to try and bomb it? He can't overpower the course because he can't necessarily go over all the trees and all the stuff. Like not like, like what he did at what's name at, uh, at the US Open where he could go over trees yeah. and stuff like that and cut corners off. Augusta, you can't. You really can't, or he can't. I don't think he can. I don't think many of the many golfers probably would be able to. I think if anything, he's got either another U.S. Open in him, or he's got uh, a definitely U.S. PGA. I think a PGA will be his next his next major win. But I don't think he'll ever win the Open. See, I well, this is the thing though. I wouldn't be surprised if he gave the Open a good crack this year because St Andrews isn't that long and doesn't really punish you. I think that depends, depends on weather. On the conditions. Correct. Yeah. Conditions are missing the bunkers. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I honestly think he'll win he'll he'll he'll, he'll do the career grand slam before you can. I I I would love him to because I think he is good for the game. I really do because I think his attitude I'm towards... split on him and good for the game. Well no I think he is because I'm his attitude towards Everything is different to everyone else's. So yeah, he, the way he puts, 
the way he chips, the way he swings yeah. the club, the way he drives the ball, it's completely Or is he just different. bending the rules as maximum with the point? It's, oh, it's, it's, the science of it. The his methodology, his, his methodology for playing the game is like nothing we've ever seen. Yeah. No. It, it, it's so bespoke. I, I, I in, a, in a Mr. T kind of way, I pity the fool who jumps on his bag. Yeah. Right. You I, are I the hardest working caddy out there, if you are. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you're going to ruin your greenbacks for being his caddy. Very much like, you know, in terms of for doing the work that you'd have to do for him, you'd earn your money. Like you would do the money that you'd earn for being on Bubba's bag and an abuse off Bubba because everything else you follow is. Uh, which is the same for many pros, but more so when it comes to Bubba. And so for, for, for with Watson, with, with Bryson's cat, you know, Bryson's side of things, I think he's brought a different element to the game. Mm. And that really intrigues me in terms of what, what he's done with it. Uh, the one line fine scenario, I think you know, that's a good thing. He's proven it can be done. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's a cool, cool little thing in, in itself as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But like, say, say Andrews will always pull up an interesting winner. Who'd ever thought that Louis Stays would have won it? Yeah. Right, the biggest surprise of the lot, right? And it's the one that nobody ever thought he was going to do it. John Daly in '95. That's what I'm saying. I reckon. I reckon honestly, I think I think he'll be at Craig Lansdown because John Daly was the Bryce and the Shambow of sort of 15, yeah. 20 years ago, really. Yeah, working out. Minus the yeah, working you... out. Minus the cigarette. Add the cigarettes. Add cigarettes in, in the players, and... <laughs> Daly, Daly was the first player to ever average over three hundred yards in a tournament season on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Impressive that. Oh, you know, know what I mean. And that that's it all. But he, but he, and especially at that time as well. You know, at that time, average over 300 yards with that equipment back in the late 90s was was mega mega impressive. Uh, but the thing else with that one, with with, with Daly winning that that major, uh, with with the, the Open, was he mainly drove off with a Wilson zero iron. He yeah. got the Wilson Invex driver off Wilson that that particular period, but he hardly used it. He hardly used it in that because you know he, he, he puts it all over the world, doesn't he? Mm. Um, but he was mainly going off with the zero irons. But his short game was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. In fact, his all round game that week he was just so controlled. So mm. it can always bring up a surprising, uh, a surprising winner. Yeah. yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, on to a major champion, multiple major champion, and a person who's definitely going to be taking the back seat at least for the next year. Oh, very controversial person at the moment. Do you know what I'm going to say before we go into this? Bill Mickelson, we're going to be talking about. But equally, I don't know how Greg Norman's got away with like almost just a little bit of skepticism on this. He's the bloody chairman of the thing. He needs a bloody golfing great. Yeah, but it's the, the way that the things that Bill said. Yeah, I get, I agree. In it, like I, agree. I, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't realise the things that he said in this book or whatever it is article that's been brought out. I didn't realise how bad it was. It's a bit like Partygate, innit? It was almost, <laughs> yeah, it was almost it's, like... It's been interesting. Yeah. I, I, I've, got, I've got some... I'm, well, I'll let you guys talk about that. Oh, we want to hear your perspective, Rob. Crack on. Right, so... Phil, all right. I, 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 I don't care too much for Phil Nicholson anyway. Not, not that he's not... A, you know, I just... He, he's, he's a bit overly cheesy for me. Um, but... What's come out with this one? And I'm going on the Greg Norman thing as well in a bit. All right, he said some things, and you know, he said he was trying to, he's trying to 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 make the PGA Tour CEOs more malleable to put more money into the tour. 
they earn millions and millions and millions a year. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's obscene. That we, you know, we speak about Premier League footballers earning the money that they make, and you look at what the golfers make. The, all right, of the top end golfers, like the top 25, 30 in the world, the green lot, you know, mega door. But there's still a lot of money to be had with that one uh, on the grand scheme of things. So for him to say that I was just trying to get, you know, the CEO of the PGA Tour to put more millions of dollars into this. Okay, I, I can't say that too much. That there's no smoke without fire with this one. So he was trying to, he was trying to negotiate for himself. And, you know, seeing that the other people that, you know, I remember Lee Westwood was in an embargo. He couldn't speak much about it. Why was he in an embargo if he wasn't thinking about doing it? Mm. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, was that, a pro- yeah, I was, was, is that a possibility that, that he already had wind that maybe other sponsors might pull out from him if he'd gone into the tour? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that. But, you know, the, the, the interesting thing that's come out with this one is what Phil's saying that he was misrepresented, misrepresented uh, and, and misquoted in what he said. Now, his biographer who this kind of centers around, right? Of course, he's written the book, the book's been done, this, that, and the other, right? His biographer's come out and said, hold on a minute, at no point in time was I told that I couldn't quote anything from the conversation we had on the phone because he's been absolutely fine with me doing that for his biography. Yeah. So, again, there's no smoke without fire with this one. So he's been, he's, he's trying to make his biographer the scapegoat. Yeah. And... That's worth me. That's poor form. Uh, that's really, really poor form. That's just, I mean, all right, we're not going to get to all the, all, all the juicy details. We're all going to come with our assumptions. We're all going to come with our own opinions on this, whether they be right or they be wrong. But that's just a simple case of it is. But he's, he's been used a bit of a scapegoat is, is his biographer on this one for me. Mm. And, and I think that, that, that Phil's known exactly what he's been doing. And, and, and he's, he's no longer hard about doing this. Mm. So I've got an issue now. The Greg Norman thing, right? Again, this isn't this isn't old news with Greg, right? It's, it's not new. It's, sorry, it's not new news with Greg, right? So Greg in the mid early well early mid nineties, right, was pitching and spoiling for a fight to create a world golf tour. Now then, the first WGC that ever happened was the uh, world match play, yeah. Uh, and that was being held over in America. And it was done actually over in, it was a much smaller field and it was more of an exclusive field where it'd be like four people uh, from each continent or from, from each region would compete. So they've said, so a bit of history, right? Colin Montgomery, they always said that Colin Montgomery never won a regular tour event in America, didn't they? Right, for years. And he always bottled it when it comes to the US Open when he got in Greenland. But he won. One of the peak, one of the um, world golf events. He won the he won the match play one when it was still the small truncated field. Barry Lane was, I think, the first inaugural winner of the match play. He beat Davis Love in the final uh, over in Arizona. So I'm sad a bit of a golf historian. So he's um, not he's not he's not all he's not exactly new breaking stuff. And, and, and Red was specifically trying to get a world tour going. Now, his comments back to uh, the PGA Tour executive uh, going, look, stop prisoning players. Let them go play a world tour. I kind of see his point. Because I think the PGA Tour and the European Tour are scared. Yeah. The, 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 the talent's going to go over there. Now, 
the, the, the Middle East tour is not going to be a full season tour. It's going to be, it's going to be a limited tour event. You're not looking at 36 events over in the UAE. No. You know what I mean? It's going to be maybe 14 or something like that. Or it could even be like could even be six. I, don't, I actually don't know. I, I, I didn't know how much every tournament was going to be. But the price one was huge. This all comes around because it's Saudi and it's Saudi-based and the trust is in Saudi Arabia. But you then look at it going, well, football's going over to Saudi. Boxing. Boxing. Boxing's been over there umpteen times. Cricket. Yeah. Cricket's doing some, some stuff over there. Formula One. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, 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 you're kind of starting a fire, but you don't need to start a fire to a certain point. Yeah. Uh, and already we've got a European tour event in Saudi Arabia anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, Johnson's already been over there this year, but the DJ's already been over, and a couple of other PJ Tour lads have already been over this year. That, that so, exhibition. ladies, gents, ladies, yeah. Yeah. ladies, still just been over there, yeah, yeah. Because a mate of mine was one of the um, one of the alternates, so she was hoping to try to have actually got in that event. Yeah. It would be mega money for her, especially for the women's women's tour being over in Saudi. You know, the women's tour is massively represented represented in a financial sense. So to have a, a, a ladies event over in Saudi would have mega money for them almost if you win that. Yeah, you're not going to earn cash anywhere else like that, are you? Let's be honest. So, you know, the the, the Phil thing, I think he's he's been very silly. Um, I don't think he's done done himself any favors at all. The scapegoat he's made for it. And when KPMG pulled out, you're like, oh. And I'd said to a few people, wait till Callaway will pull out because they will definitely pull out on him. Now, bear in mind, he signed a contract for the rest of his playing career with Callaway. Yeah. And he's only just signed that at the end of last season or during last season when he, when he won the, the, the what's name when he won the uh, yeah agent, the PGA word he, yeah. when he won the PGA, PGA right and then he signed with Callaway for the rest of his playing career. Now he's not he's not going to get that, that, that's not for pocket money. That, that that's mega bucks. KPMG is a big a big sponsor in himself as well, and they've all kind of gone yeah all right we're not having it. So it, it's. Though. It's a huge loss for him, uh, and yeah. reputationally, you know, let, let's have a look at how many pro, how many um, um, retail stores now will be uh, marking down the PM grind wedges. Ladies and gentlemen, wait a little bit longer to buy the PM grind wedge. It might go down in price soon, or yeah. it could be collectors. But interestingly, though, the um, what I heard about Callaway is they've suspended it. Yeah. They've not cancelled it yet. No, no. So they're sort of on the fence. On the fence, in the sense of. Like shit, do we? The, 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 the touching off. Yeah, or do they let him go? Because yeah. they're gonna. Ha- I mean, they, they might not have to pay him off because it's a breach of contract. But it's more the sense of they're gonna lose a lot of money in the wedges, in the selling of the equipment because they don't have Phil Mickelson. But they could lose yeah. a lot because they have got Phil Mickelson. So yeah, it's it's, it's a reputational thing. Is you, you look at the balance of probability. He's got one golf club, which is the PM Grand Wedge. Now, on the grand scheme of things, to lose that line of golf clubs is nothing for them. It's, it's absolutely nothing for them. Reputational risk yeah. is, is for any company, especially a blue chip company, which, which Callaway technically are in the sports world, is of a massive loss to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, what, and what revenue streams around the world will, will, will sales decline because of Phil Mickelson's involvement with that, with that organization? This is the thing that I think, right, 
because of what he said, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, and no one can defend him for that. It's awful what he said and what he's been quoted to say. And then trying to use his biographer as a scapegoat. Awful. But would it actually, as a golfer, if that club was the best for you and it happened to be the PM guy or it happened to be the driver that he was using or the irons that he was using, would it stop you buying from Callaway because of him? Would it actually stop people? No, because Callaway got the number one golf in the world. Well, okay, so... John so, Barnes, so, so, no. But, but we're saying reputation, right? How And, and, and I, I agree with them suspending it, by the way. But yeah. how does one person tarnish reputation of a brand that is built on, okay, you don't get a reputation for being Callaway without having clubs that perform. Like, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like being associated with yeah, it. Yeah, but, but... It just looked bad. Yeah, but... I, does it stop? Does it drop sales? That's what I'm saying. Because the, the, they oh. look at him, right? They, they, they get Phil Mickelson for the pure fact of we invest 100 million in him a year. He is going to bring us X in. They want a return on their money. Yeah. They're basically saying, oh, I'm not sure we're going to get a return on that money now because of you. Or they're saying, you're going to make us look bad, mate. Yeah, they might but, not be bothered about the money. You're but, making us look terrible. But, we can't be associated but, with But what my you. point is on that is just because it looks terrible, if it's the club for you, does it stop you buying it? No, right, well, people, people think twice. People think twice. But why it. though? But why if it's the best? Because club? well, why are Callaway associating with someone that makes comments like that? Yeah, but okay, that's fine. I agree. Because that's the world. That's the way people think. But does it stop you buying? Yes, because people. But why think, though? Because people think, well, why do I want to buy something that's being represented by a guy that's going out saying that about gay people, for example, like he did? Yeah, I, I, like I say, it's terrible. My point is, I'm, I'm not in like, no, hundred percent. I want to know why. Like, I know what you're saying, but like, it's because it's because people don't want to associate themselves with that. People don't want to associate themselves, or Callaway don't want to associate themselves with that yeah. for that reason. Because people will think uh, they should have really got rid of him. Yeah, but what? Okay, so you're saying if you bought those clubs, everybody at your golf club are going to tarnish you with the same brush. Are I didn't say that. No, no, but it's what you're saying. You said no, the reputation. No, I'm saying I don't, I don't, I don't representation. Yeah, but you're saying I don't represent about that. Callaway don't. Yeah, but, but why? Why? Why does it affect them so much? Because okay. Well, Alex, Alex, what? let's look at foot. Sorry, okay. So, over, I know. Over, so, <laughs> all right, let's look in the football world or soccer to our American yeah. fans, right? There's a certain player who plays for Manchester United. Yeah. Correct. I'll, I'll call why, him out. Why, why, why is Nike pulled away from him? No, I, I, look, I, I agree. Yes. But, but, what, but what I'm same saying thing. is... It's the same thing. But, does, but why does it stop people buying? But it's different because... Like, and he's a fringe player. Yeah, but the thing is with that is, right, you watch football as a fan, we watch golf as a fan, but in football, we don't buy products. Kids do. Yeah, but, kid, yeah, but listen, but like, every football boot is a football boot. Each brand has their thing in golf where this driver performs to that, the PM grind, toe grind, whatever it is full-face wedge with all the grooves, whatever it is, right, we buy it because it's based on its performance. Not The reputation of the brand comes from the performance side of things, in my opinion. And I, well, I agree with well, you. Well, well, with Callaway, on, on, on the reputation loss, right, it's the investors that invest into Callaway will also possibly think of pulling away yeah, because yeah. of their association with Phil Mickelson, so which in said, turn could potentially drive down so would you say it's more the impact there are different things won't go into it would you say Rob, it's more the impact internally then of sponsors or people who put the money in investors that has an effect rather than people buying yeah because yeah I completely agree but 
and I agree with what you're saying in that. Golf By the way, I don't, are, con- I don't condone what you're saying. I'm just going to say that. Golf, golf clubs are based on performance. This club does X, not it's the same John thing with Thomas. plays same with, with X club. It's the same thing with Thomas, yeah. isn't it? Like, and Callaway are never, ever going to keep him or they're going to suspend it for however long until he's yeah. old and boy again. Yeah. But it's, it's, like you said, they are based on performance, but you can't, you just can't do it. Yeah. In, you just can't be associated with it because investors will pull out. It, it is, it's a question that, that's an ever-decreasing circle. And, yeah. and, and there probably isn't a correct answer in terms of what you're asking for there, Alex. And, and I, I think the question that you asked was absolutely spot on for the probing question. Major, major, multi-trillion dollar corporation, right? For investments and getting people out of the and administrations and all so in the grand scheme of things Phil Mickelson is basically an amoeba yeah in the grand scheme of their gene but because he walks around with their logo on his cap and he's globally recognised yeah yeah they feel that he's too much of a risk to invest in yeah yeah yeah. Callaway he walks around he's one of Callaway's biggest players Mm. and you know, at the end of the day, and he walks around with a lifetime contract, the only Callaway player to have a lifetime contract. And I think by the end of his season, if he had carried on being up, he'd have been the longest club sponsor that they've had or, or yeah. club staff player that they've ever, ever had, apart from Chichi Rodriguez, probably. Um, you know, um, you know, just, just pulling that, that old firecracker out of the works. And, you know, he will be the longest standing member of their group. So there's a lot of there's a lot of investment that they've put into Phil. And yeah. more the point, Phil would have been paid handsomely for having the product. We can flip it on the other side of the coin and go into the issues with, with um, Tiger. You yeah. know, when all that started to go Pete Tong with Tiger, he was with Nike. Uh, uh, with, with the golf clubs and so all right. So Nike pulled away from the clubs and it all went Pete Tong for Nike anyway and they pulled out. Uh, but look at the sponsor that, that Tiger lost. Buick. Yeah, massive yeah. vehicle manufacturer in the world. They didn't want to know him anymore. Yeah. Um, there were several other sponsors, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, EA yeah, Sports, yeah. You know, um, yeah, he's, he's with uh, Hyundai, I think, as well. I think Hyundai was, was, was one of his sponsors as well for the vehicles uh, at one, back in the day. But uh, they, they, I think that partnership ended because he was with Buick. Um, so he had some big name, big name things now. Is that because they thought they was going to lose sales because Tiger was involved with them because of the stuff that Tiger had, had, had done? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was that's again, it's a reputational risk. You yeah. know, I've, I've worked, I've worked in industry and the sector where, you know, reputation is everything, and being an advisor and a manager for the for the company I was working for at the time is that I'm on a call to a customer, I am that company. Yeah. I'm not the person, I am the company. I'm the spokesperson for that company. The organization I work for now, you know, I can't speak to the press unless I have press training. And anything I say that might, that might go on social media about the organization or anything to do with my job role, I then become a spokesperson for that organization. Yeah. So when Phil Mickelson is on TV and he stood there with Callaway stuff and he just won a golf tournament, uh, like he just did it at Cure Island, 
he's becoming a spokesperson indirectly for Callaway Golf. Yeah. yeah. So straight away then, that is then is a reputational risk. And because of that, would they pull, would, would people not buy stuff from him? You you might well have a, I was gonna say something very, very derogatory in a completely Lancastrian's thing about tofu eating people wearing sandals. Uh, but you, you, you'd have the, 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 that kind of army that would be like, oh no, we're not doing that because he wants to be involved with a country that does this, that and the other. Yeah. Chance are though, those people will still watch the World Cup this year. Oh, of course they will. So we'll figure. You know, it, it, it's, it's that into balance. It is such a fight that's going to, that, that this little war is going to rage on for a little spell. But I think um, Brooks, I, I love Brooks, the man is awesome, right? And Brooks' interview the other day, when he turned and went, it's not the end of it. Somebody will crack, somebody will take, take, take the money, somebody will run to the houses, I and it will happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and somebody will jump right without a sh- Somebody will go, you know what? A chance to win those majors. Okay, well, I've got a one in 178 chance of winning that golf tournament, and there's four of them a year. Yeah. yeah. So the opportunity to try and try and win that is no different than me trying to win an event any other place. It's just either got longer rough, or it's got more wind, or it's going to be bloody cold, or it's going to be chucking down rain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, 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 that's the way they look at it. Whereas they can go and play over in the UAE in perfect conditions with fairways like resort courses where the rough's not that bad. You can spray it a bit longer to go in the sand and go in the desert area where you lie. It'll be almost perfect and you get a shed load of spin. The greens are absolutely perfect. And just for craps and giggles, we're going to pay you a cool million and a half tax-free US dollars. Where are you going to go? I think with, any, with what's all coming out with all this new touring stuff is that you're going to find probably, they're not going to track, the, they might track one or two big names to boost it up. But I think the lower league, but the lower players would want a bite of that cherry because the pressure would be off them. Money, isn't it? Money the pressure would be massively off them. Money talks, isn't it? Exactly. Right, let's leave that there. Big Sorry. talking point. But let's Big, yeah. quickly touch on this before we go into tip of the week. Yeah. Quick little finish. Zach Johnson, 2023 Ryder Cup captain. Shocked they didn't stick with Steve Stricker after the win. But what do you think? I think it's a great, great appointment. I think a great loyal servant to the PGA Tour, um, great loyal servant to golf, and just an all-round, I think, seems like a nice guy, really. Is is that what the USA need? Well, he's going to play it's, in Europe, Sands. Do you, why? do you think he's a weak link? Weak link? I just, I, it's just a bit of a wishy-washy... I like it. I, I think he'll surprise you. I must he's, he's, he's tenacious. Yeah. You don't win it. You don't win it. You don't win multiple majors without he's, being. He's, 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 that pocket, he's a pocket Rottweiler. Let's, let's be honest. He's not quite a Corey Pavin, but he's yeah. a little pocket Rottweiler, isn't he? Um, but as you said, he, he's he's Mister Nice. And um, you know how much is that? How much is he going to rally the troops when you see him at, at, at when you see him in the Ryder Cups in the past? He's not been one that's been a really get up and go and row the fans up. All right, he does cheer and he does does give it a bit of oomph and stuff like that, but he's nowhere near like what a lot of them are. But now there was Stricker, to be fair. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be what is his game plan? What how is that going to be? Take, you know, he, he has he's, he's won he's won two majors on two of the toughest tracks in the world. 
Yeah. You know, you, you know, set, set Andrews and Augusta, you know, two, two of the toughest tracks in the world. But that means nothing in a Ryder Cup because he's a captain. He's not picking up a golf club. He's not going to be out there. He's going to be out there trying to rally the troops. This, this will be won, or the, his, his captaincy will be defined by the back room of the vice captains that he chooses. Yeah. Because he's going to be, he'll get some. So you'll find a old radical. Out you walk, probably Tom Lane will be in there. Um, he might ask Stricker to come back to help him out. Um, you know, look at who his friends are on tour and the ones that probably aren't going to make the team and they'll end up being his backroom staff because it's always the case with any of the teams anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be key one. He's going to get backroom staff to get around her to gym up because I, I can't see Zach Johnson. All right, he'll have to stand on a box to speak to most of the players because only a wee lad. Um, but he's, he's, he's not he's not bang a table kind of guy, is he? You know, he wouldn't no. put him in negotiations for a pay rate. You never know. You never know. You know who I'd love to see as captain one day? Patrick Reed. Absolutely. There's no chance. But, but let, let, let's, let's throw a spanner in the works, right? For, for, for craps and giggles. Would you not rather see Fred Couples become a radical captain? Uh, he, I would he say... Is, that, he, is the, he is the best... So you've always, you've always been the, the best player ever to win a major, Yeah. Yeah. He's the best player to never be a Radical captain for the US. Maybe he didn't want to be. Well, he was he was he was President Cup captain twice and won twice. Impressive. So his pedigree is but did they ask him? Because for me, if, if Freddie if Freddie had got that, right, I reckon he would have been he would have won one of those Ryder Cups when Europe's had their dominance. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. Very, very <laughs> interesting. Uh, I think I, I think he would be one of the ones that would have won on European soil to have yeah. done it as well. Because you put him in there to stir the pot up. He'd have been the, he'd have been the key one to have got the role after Azinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Azinger, couples, and then love. Yeah. Three, three of the best people that have ever been paired up with each other in Ryder Cups ever in history. Now that would have been formidable, and then paving after that one, so it changed the order around. But just want to throw that one in there because it's always been, it's always bothered me that couples has never got the Ryder Cup. I forgot. I I, I just I don't know. I just, I just maybe just assumed that he would have had have been, but I'm not I'm not a very good golf historian. Personally. No, no. <laughs> it's a good job we got someone with a bit of knowledge. Yeah, on yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, 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 he's been vice captain. He has been vice captain. Yeah, but he's just never been, you know, been been the head of the state. Which I'm stunned at. I'm, I'm stunned at either one. If he's been asked to turn it down, he's turned it down. I'm surprised at that one, um, and I'm surprised that, or if he's never actually been offered it. And um, really surprised at that. So, but I think we're chest at the moment. We've not declared who he's going to be, yet, have we? No, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's in Italy this time, isn't it? So, will Costantino yeah. Rock get a vice captaincy role? Get <laughs> well, a bit of the Italian fans going. <laughs> right. Okay, so Josh, last last bit tip of the week. Sorry. We're into tip of the week. Yes. So basically, Rob, you'll like this one. Playing on yesterday, Josh, a little bit of a sway over the golf ball. Likes to get stuck. Very stuck, in fact. Very stuck. Hook, big blocks out to the right. Known for. Um, yeah. So literally, I just said to him, turn to where the sun is on your back and just make some practice swings watching your shadow. 
Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I, I saw you reel on that one. It's brilliant. And and that, that is all. And you played well from there. Yeah. The e- I'm going to take full credit for you beating me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the easiest tip and the easiest thing you could ever do if you're struggling when you're out on the golf course and the sun is out, use your shadow. That can be yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you, you'll, you'll soon find your fault zone. So I know for me, if I'm swinging it really, really poor and I'm, I'm casting it badly, if I do that and I see the sun at the back and then I, I get to the top of the that's why I asked you that question today. Is for me... Like, you know, I'll, I'll swing now, I'll get to here, but as a, you say so, I have to do that for me. So I'll get I'll get to there, but then I know my, my casting isn't like the, the typical flippy one. It's I'll get to here, and then I go up with my arms, and then out. Yeah. Because I, I turn as far as I can go through any place my arms can go then, is upwards. So it yeah. becomes then an overswing to then, to then correct itself and go that way. So what, what, you, what you did on your reel yesterday was, was spot on. I loved it, because it's such a simple one. I, I know I can... Do that. Have the, the, my shadow facing that way, and I can see then how bad that that, that that might be going wrong. Yeah, uh, and, and then you, you can self-correct it. It, yeah. it. It's a good way of trying to do that on a course. It's brilliant. You took yourself out of a job here, Alex. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's my aim. Right. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, Rob, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate I'm, it. Mate, I, I really, really appreciate uh, the opportunity of coming along. Uh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure and a blast. Um, and, and let's let's tell you what. Let's all right, Alex. I know you do your WhatsApp. I know you do your, uh, your your tips on your YouTube channel and stuff like that. Let's do a course vlog. Yeah, of course. Let, let's let's go out. Let, let's go and have a right good giggle course vlog. Uh, three five all challenge something like that. Let, let's go and do it and let, let's have some craps and giggle. I need Absolutely. shots. You need your. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, guys, thanks for listening. Remember, we're back every single Wednesday here on the pod. Um, just me and Josh next week. So yes. uh, sorry, you won't have as much golfing knowledge or golfing experience <laughs> or history. Um, or waffling. <laughs> and thanks so much, Rob. Make sure you go and give him a follow on Instagram and on YouTube. I look forward to catching up with you guys next, next week. week. See you guys.